0: All right, we got our chance to hear from Chris Ballard today at the NFL Scouting Combine. He said some things, and I think he can draw meaning from those things. One of the things that general managers and coaches really want to get done at the meeting is get nothing done with the media. Say nothing in the media that you can be held accountable toward down the road. Say nothing specific about your draft plans, your free agent plans, your franchise tag plans. All of that stuff. Stay vague, non-committal. Do not paint yourself into a corner as you deal with the media. Don't do it. We're not that bright. We're not bright enough to have you paint yourself into a corner. So don't voluntarily do it yourself. We're going to talk about what Chris Ballard said and what we can take away from it in terms of specificity and maybe some assumptions as to what the Colts are going to do. At 15, what they're going to do in free agency, what they're going to do with Michael Pittman. All these things we're going to talk about, and it's interesting, Shane Steichen was scheduled to speak today, didn't because he's sick. So he's going to talk next week at the Colts headquarters, uh, according to people who know stuff like that. There's been no press release about that yet, but that's what everybody kind of expects. Hopefully Steichen recovered uh, at a measure where he can take part in the media, scrutiny as it is. Um, We're going to talk about IU. Last night, they get the 74-70 win against Wisconsin at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Somehow, someway, a fire alarm or a smoke, uh, a fire alarm was pulled or a smoke alarm was activated one way or the other. Everybody left the facility, left the seating area, left the playing floor, but nobody knew what the hell was going on. Anyway, we talked about that quite a bit this morning. What we'll talk about today is really why it's kind of a shame, because Indiana played quite well. They did some things right. They did some things wrong, but they did some things right. And that's the important thing. We do not argue with winning. Winning is the point of playing the game. If you've never heard Herman Edwards say it, I'll say it for you. Winning is the point of playing the game. It's why we play the game. And Indiana got it done, despite the fact that at that point in the season, up until last night, they were really foundering. Kahlil Ware played well. The only group who could hold Kahlil Ware under 40 points last night, Indiana's guards, who just refused to give him the ball in this early in the second half. I didn't understand it. What are you doing? They can't defend him. So keep feeding him the ball. It's not hard to figure out what to do on a basketball court offensively. You find something that allows you to score points, and you continue to do it until the defense adjusts, and then you do something else. Never had to do anything else last night. They couldn't stop where? Feed him, feed him, feed him. Trey Galloway got it, and he got 12 assists. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for, it's February 28th, but we got a bonus day this year. We got the leap year day, which I think should be a day off for everyone. I think all businesses should close. No one should work. Zero people working. And you just have this as a bonus day in your life to go do whatever the hell you want with whoever you want. Why not? Um, I guess somebody's got to work, but why? Nobody's really got to work. A skeleton crew. Right, skeleton crew of security people, making sure we don't all kill each other or get killed by some nefarious group. Anyway, uh, this it's Wednesday, February twenty eighth. The combine really starts in earnest tomorrow, as the defensive linemen and the linebackers work out at Lucas Oil Stadium. The combine media stuff will be ongoing in the convention center. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're brought to you by the great people, great people at my bookie. I told you last night what to bet, didn't I? Khalel Ware over 24.5, not in points, but points plus rebounds plus assists. The over under at about even money was 24.5. There was no chance that Wisconsin was going to hold him under that. None. And they didn't. I think where, what did you get into? The, the, close to 40, right? Uh, like 27 points, 11 rebounds. I don't know if he had an assist or not. But the, it was an easy cover because it all happened in the first half. And if you had listened to me, you'd be on your way to great wealth. And use the promo code Kent. That promo code will unlock a 50% sign-up bonus. Oh, you win before you even play. How about that bet? Anything, anytime, anywhere only at my bookie with promo code Kent. All right, make sure and subscribe. Subscribing's just good business. Be a subscriber. Mm. Unlock the magic. Uh, Hit the like button. That's a good thing. That's the thumbs up. That means like. It's a polite thing to do. It's a Hoosier hospitality thing to do. We're trying to be hospitable downtown as the combine is ongoing. Everybody's over at St. Elmo's. So if you can't go to St. Elmo's, You can like this video and feel like you're a part of the Downtown Combine magic. Hit the bell. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. <laughs> well, sure. It's part of the combine magic, isn't it? Hitting the like button. Um, if you want to make a donation, make a donation. The bell will alert you anytime we go live, which could be any time. We could post a video at any time, day or night. Did it last night during the, uh, the mass evacuation of Simon Scott Assembly. Oh, all right. Let's talk about sports. Let's decode the Chris Ballard media availability. All right. Uh, Says the wide receiver group is deep in this draft, like 2020 deep. Here's how deep it was. 16 wide receivers taken in the first three rounds that year. You had C.D. Lamb at 17, Justin Jefferson at 22, Brandon Ayuk at 25, uh, T. Higgins 33, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., 34, and it goes on and on. Those were the, the prime guys in that draft at the wide receiver position. And then you had more. The takeaway is this. Depth means he ain't going to take a wide receiver at 15. Not unless something completely bizarre happens, like Marvin Harrison Jr. falling to 15, which is not going to happen. You know, I, I don't think Roma Dunze is going to fall to 15. There are guys, and all of those guys that I mentioned, like you'd certainly rather have CeeDee Lamb than any of the rest, but would you, Justin Jefferson, uh, Ayuk, Super Bowl champion, Higgins, Pittman, they're all pretty damn good. So you could, if you really want a wide receiver, and you got a bunch of dudes who are likely to go between, uh, let's say, 15 and 40, Why not trade down to the end of the first round or early into the second round and take one of those guys then and add to put another arrow in your quiver and that would be maybe a second round pick either this year or next year. Makes sense. I think that Chris Ballard is going to be a little bit more, you know what, let's win now. I don't see him acquiring second round picks in 2025, this draft. This is year eight. And the Colts, under Chris Ballard's leadership, have won one playoff game. They've gone to the playoffs twice. They are, what, right around 500, if you exclude the first year, which I think is fair. Holding Chris Ballard accountable for 2017, I think is unfair. Uh, all right, cap, the cap number is going up for NFL teams more than expected. That's got to be a good thing for the Colts, right? Wrong! Wrong, and Ballard pretty much told you. He said, "Well, it's good and bad, which means that it's bad. Why is it bad? Because it invites all of the wild spendy teams who have run their uh, run their payroll up to almost the cap or beyond the cap. The cap going up more than anybody thought brings them back into play for signing free agents. So that means that the Colts have to deal with more competitors." for the services of a free agent, and Chris Ballard doesn't like that. Chris Ballard is frugal, right? And by the way, did you see the thumbnail? Football for a buck, the great Jeff Perlman book about the USFL. Football for a buck. That is Chris Ballard's dream. Football for a buck. Free agent for a buck. Man, he doesn't want to spend, and he never has spent, and he's unlikely to He will spend on his guys. That's true, and he did spend on DeForest Buckner. But overall, frugality is the watchword under Chris Ballard and his leadership. All right, uh, the Andrew Luck lesson is still fresh in Ballard's mind. He remembers. He cited it. He said, hey, you know, we got Anthony Richardson. He is not going to be rushed back. I remember what happened with the last guy. I have learned my lesson. So Anthony Richardson is not going to be rushed back. That will not happen. And and maybe he's right on time and on target. Ahead of schedule does Ballard and the Colts no good. If he's good to go for minicamp and OTAs, that is a big win. But he's got to be cleared by the docs. Ballard is not going to allow Anthony Richardson to talk his way back onto the field. That is not happening. Uh, about Michael... Uh, Pittman Jr. says he is not going to commit to using the franchise tag with Pittman, but he won't rule it out. Says it's a tool. Listen, it's a tool. Uh, The takeaway, Pittman's going nowhere. They're going to make sure that he stays right here in Indianapolis. Now, what might be interesting is to tag him and bring in, like a first-round level wide receiver, a guy who projects towards starting you could let Pittman walk after this coming season, have that guy on a rookie contract ready to move into his second year, that year of productivity, the year of growth. That could happen. I don't like that. I like Michael Pittman Jr. I want him to be here. So I, I would especially like that. He likes the tight end room. Ballard does. That's what he said. He said, do we have a tight end like Kelsey? No. No. But we do have some pretty good players who have a different skill set or who have different skill sets. That, in a microcosm, is Chris Ballard's idea and ideology of roster management and roster architecture. Is that what he does is he aggregates a group and thinks that you can claim quality based upon that aggregate. You got four guys, right? You got Jelani Woods. He talked about Woods not even being worked with by the current staff because he was hurt. Then you've got Moali Cox. Then you've got Will Mallory, right? Then you've got Granson. All right, you got four guys with different skills. That does not mean they aggregate into one elite level player. That means you got four pretty good players. That's what the Colts do. They, they don't have mediocrity. They just don't. They're good. 1 through 53, they're pretty good. Now, there are a few exceptions on the bottom end, and there are a few exceptions on the top. Taylor is an elite level running back. You've got some secondary guys, not elite level, not good level, mediocre. So there are a couple, but most teams have this many elite level players and that many Mediocre players. The Colts have this many elite players and this many mediocre players. Chris Ballard does a good job of bringing in the good, pretty good, pretty good wide receivers, pretty good defensive line, pretty good linebackers. All right, what's pretty good get you a pretty good result? Nine and eight, eight and nine, somewhere in there. That's pretty good. You are who you are. You are what your record says you are. And the Colts record says that they got a pretty good roster. You got to go get elite guys. You got to take a shot. You got to move your chips into the middle of the table and say, you know what? I'm here to play with the big boys. I am here to win a Super Bowl. And if we don't have a Kelsey, we're going to go get the next Kelsey. Just like they did with Richardson. I applaud that move. They don't have Mahomes. So you go get somebody who's got unique, really unique, upper-level traits. I'm all about Richardson. But you've got to get somebody at the tight end position who can play out of his mind and be a security blanket for Anthony Richardson while keeping all you got. That's the way it is. Uh, IU last night, very enjoyable. And we need to enjoy it. I was at the game, completely mystified by the stoppage of play. I was not mystified by Khalil Ware, who went off, had 20 in the first half. He was unstoppable until Indiana decided to stop feeding him the ball. What? Why? Right? Xavier Johnson comes back, plays 15 minutes. Defensively, he was a pest. I liked it. Offensively, five turnovers. That's one every three minutes. That is too many. Can't have it. He also hit a three. That's a good thing. One for two Two from beyond the arc. It's all right. You know, we don't want him shooting a gob of those. But last night he shot, and all people are talking about today. Oh, they're talking about the fire alarm being pulled. And some people are saying that it was pulled purposefully in order to stop the game and stop the Wisconsin run. And put Indiana in a position where it was more likely to win. And that's crazy. There is nobody who would do such a thing. That's completely nuts. Now, what isn't nuts and what needs to be discussed, and hopefully it was discussed in a meeting today at Indiana University inside Assembly Hall. Hopefully they got everybody together and said, okay, people, that wasn't good. So we need to make sure that we got shit buttoned down The next time this happens and if there is, God forbid, any kind of emergency, we have got to be communicative and we have got to be demonstrative in getting people from their seats out the building or we're going to have liability issues that could bankrupt the university. You have got to have plans. When I worked at WIBC every single year. We'd sit down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and talk about worst-case scenarios. Weather-wise, all kinds of worst-case scenarios. I don't even need to go over them. Worst-case scenario this, worst-case scenario that. We, we, as the media partner, we were responsible for the communication of that information because so many people listened to WIBC during the race to hear... You know, who was it? It's Mark James now and Jake Query and, and that whole crew, uh, Nick Yeoman and, and everybody bringing you the magic and majesty of the Indianapolis 500 Mile Race, right? But when you put 320,000, 340,000 people on a piece of property that condensed. You got you to gotta have a real serious conversation about all the downside of that. And the track, absolutely great about it every single year. Okay, here's what might happen. Weather, here's what could happen. What can we do? Again and again and again, having that conversation and making sure that all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. And last night, I hate to say it, but it felt like at Indiana University, The I's were not dotted, and the T's were not crossed, and they must be. I's were dotted, and T's were crossed. At least, you know what? The apostrophe was even there between Kel and L in kal Ware. Because he balled out last night, and he needs to do that three more times in the regular season, then go to the Twin Cities and maybe do it four more times in the Big Ten tournament. How would that be? How's that for an Optimism Wednesday wrap-up? Please!